All right, it's this thing. There we go. It's on. All right, gang, this is the stocking stuffer episode, and I'm calling it that because we're going to try and fit about eight pounds of potatoes in a, in a four-pound sack here. I have compiled a lot of interviews over the last month and a half, two months, and I know there's been kind of a, a pause in the releases as far as Garage Days go, so I'm trying to make up for it here as we close out season two. Plus, I don't want you guys to think I've just been sitting around, you know, playing with it. So, I mean, that's a half-truth. I haven't been sitting around. <laughs> so, the reason this is a stocking stuffer, so check this out. I have Snake Sabo from Skid Row. And this happened, and this interview is over a month because it was, I think, a day or two right before their new album with Eric Gromwall, the new singer, was released. So, we kind of talk about that. Uh, more on that in a second. And then I've got Joel Hoekstra. He is making an appearance here in Columbus with TSO. He is also a member of Whitesnake when they're touring and actually helped uh, record some stuff on, on the latest Whitesnake album. And then you also might remember him. Uh, he did some time in Night Ranger. Anyway, Joel is just one of the hardest working men truly in show business. Great dude. And I'm going to play that interview for you in this episode. And then I was lucky enough to talk to Brett Michaels. Brett Michaels, a big part of the rock night at next year's Freedom Fest. So that landed in my lap. Always a good time. Always a great talk with Brett Michaels. He is, honestly, if there's a a more down-to-earth and better interview in rock, I don't know who it would be. I just I think the world of Brett, and he's just such a good dude. So you'll have those three interviews. And then we've also got the Flight Pattern Bob Flight Out of Ohio show. Season two, Bob's gone. So he split for Florida and we did this show. It was scaled down a little bit. You'll actually get to see how scaled down it actually is. So, but it concludes. I think we're going to conclude with that one. And it's it's awesome because, you know, Snake's great. Joel's great. Brett's great. Those are, they're, they're fun interviews. They're really cool interviews. But I think the interview that you have to close a show like this with is Cornbread interviewing Nipples, the no-tailed squirrel. I just don't know how else you would finish an episode. I wouldn't lead with that. I mean, Skinner's not going to open with Freebird, right? So uh, a couple quick things. The Snake Sabo, number one, I think he was under the weather. And you can kind of tell in in his voice uh, he wasn't feeling so hot. And the guy, the handler for them and for these interviews with Snake really threw me for a loop. So a lot of times you'll get these these guys, these handlers, these people that are working with the artists, probably just for the interview uh, portion of their day. And so they'll call me and it's like, hey, it's Archie from QFM. They're like, hey, this is Jack with such and such entertainment. And I got D Snyder for you. Right. So and then boom, they patch him through and that's how you do the interview. So this guy and I'm not going to throw him under the bus because I don't know his name, but it totally threw me for a loop. He goes, all right, Archie, are you ready? I've got uh, Snake Sabo for you. And I'm like, who the hell is Sabo? I was like, like, since my senior year, I've been calling him Sabo. And it's I've never heard anybody call him Sabo. So that threw me for a loop. And you will notice in that interview, I do not say uh, Snake's last name at all in that interview. I was so flustered and I was so thrown off by it. Then you've got Joel Hoekstra, who's just, he's just a killer dude. Great guitarist. That's a really fun interview. And then Brett Michaels is awesome. You guys will dig it. Then the flight pattern, Bob. Flight out of Ohio. Yes, it's 
when I listen back, because it it was kind of a train wreck. It really, truly is kind of a train wreck. But when I go back and I listen to it, it, it does make me laugh. So I think you guys will enjoy it. So yes, this is the stocking stuffer episode of Garage Days. Also, uh, just today, I talked to Kenny Wayne Shepard, and last week I talked to Jay Buchanan of Rival Sons. So I'm going to try and squeeze those two interviews in before December is up, and I take a, a little, you know, little Christmas break there, and then we'll get cooking on season three. But guys, thanks again for all the downloads. I hope you enjoy this. There's a lot to take in with this episode, but it's a stocking stuffer, little something for all you guys have done for me. I, I do appreciate the downloads. So here you go. Enjoy. Snake, you there? Hi, Archie. How you doing? Oh, better, better now, man. I hear your voice. Uh, Skid Row's new album, The Gang's All Here, drops October 14th. And, and I've done the math on this. That, that's tomorrow. And on the phone with me now, guitarist and founding member, Snake. Snake, what's up, man? I, this is what an honor to talk to you, brother. Oh, dude, please. Uh, thank you so much for taking your time to, to speak with me. Hey, before... Before we even get into the new record, because that that story in and of itself and how it was made is is just crazy, we've got to talk Eric uh, Gronwall. I mean, you guys snagging him, I would say, and my Mariners getting Luis Castillo have to be the biggest acquisitions in 2022. <laughs> for for those, <laughs> could have used Edwin Diaz anyway, Snake. Uh, but uh, for those who don't know the story, how did Eric become the new lead singer of Skid Row? on our radar for a little while on a periphery oh, we were we were first made aware of him in 2009 when he did uh uh sang 18 in life for an audition for swedish idol the Amer- the swedish version of american idol and somehow that got to us and it was great we were very humbled by that and, and didn't think much of it past that cut to 2018 he was singing in a band called the heat that opened up for us. And we thought they were, you know, they were great. He sang great every night, but we never really became friendly with them. Just kind of passing by in the hallway. And then cut to around February of this year, he started posting videos again, YouTube videos of him doing everything from Iron Maiden to Queen and, and Dio and he also did another version of 18 in Life that was phenomenal. And so we kind of, when we realized that we needed to make a change, he was the first person that we reached out to. And we basically didn't tell him that we wanted him in the band. We said, hey, we've got a couple songs that we've written. We'd love to hear your voice on them. And so we did. We sent them some songs, and he sent them back, and they were really, really something. Uh, I remember everyone just going, like, holy crap. Right. Uh, this is next level. And so we did that one more time with them. He sent, sent them a couple more songs and he sent them back and they were great. And so we basically got on a Zoom call with him and said a little small talk. And I said, hey man, how do you feel about being the new singer of Skid Row? And he said, I, I'd be honored. And, and so we basically hired uh, a new singer from the band without ever really meeting him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the gang's all here. The three songs that we've all heard so far have to put a smile on every diehard Skid Row fan's face. Classic Skid Row elements in all of those. Now, the timeline on this record, and you kind of touched on it there with with get, with hooking up with Eric, 
from everything that I've read, man, it just sounds sounds crazy. Pre-pandemic to the eve of this record dropping, how crazy has this been, Snake? It's been really crazy because when we got Eric in the band, that was late February, early uh, March. And so we had, not only did we need to finish the record, we had a, a, a residency with the Scorpions coming up that started on March 26th. So the first time that we all met face-to-face was March 22nd. Wow. And the first time that we played together was March 23rd and 24th with the rehearsals. But he was very, very prepared. Uh, he he knew these songs better than we did, and so <laughs> we played our first we played our first show with him. Literally, you know, three days after the first time we we actually got in a room and jammed. Wow! Now touring now for you guys into twenty twenty three. What does that look like? I mean, you mentioned the residency there with the Scorps. I mean, what what does it look like as we go into the new year? Um, we're going to be starting up again. I mean, we finish in Australia in December. Okay. Uh, we're leaving We're leaving for Europe and the UK in about three days. Uh, and so we're going to be taking uh, January and February off, and then we start up again in the States in March, and then we're going to be working our way overseas again. We're going to tour the whole year. Uh, we want to give this record uh, the best shot at, at, at being successful because we're we really think that we we have something special here, and so we want to uh, get it out to the people as much as we can. And this band is always, you know, we built our reputation upon being a live band, and so we'll go out and do what we do, and hopefully, people will respond. Well, and I know we're we're, we're kind of up against it with time, but my final question, and I always kind of finish with this: I call this selfish Archie, the slave to the grind tour, Snake with Pantera. Made a stop here in Columbus back in the day. We still all talk about it. When when we'd watch those Pantera home videos with you guys in it, number one, was it as fun as it looked? And number two, what do you think of Phil and Rex hooking up with Zach and Charlie? Uh, first of all, it was more fun than you guys could possibly have known. <laughs> yeah. Uh, those guys became our brothers, and uh, to this day, Rex and, and Philip are are my brothers. They're my family, and uh, I think the idea of of what they're doing, of going out and celebrating the history and the legacy of the band Pantera, and celebrating uh, Vinny and Dimebag, and the uh, the whole body of work that Pantera created together. I mean, they changed music, so I think that. I think it's an amazing thing, and I think it will give people an opportunity to uh, to hear these songs again and get to see, you know, obviously Philip and Rex, but seeing Charlie and Zach uh, handle the role of a of, uh, drummer and guitar player is, I don't think you could have chosen two better people to, Agreed. to do that. Agreed. So I think it's going to be an amazing celebration. I agree, my man. Skid Rose, the gang's all here. Drops tomorrow. Snake. Thank you so much for taking the time. You, Scotty, or Rachel have always been on my bucket list for interviews for my Gen X ass, man. So it was an absolute honor, brother, talking to you. Pleasure is all mine, Archie. Thank you so much. QFM 96, Rikert Automotive, Goodwill Columbus, and Live Nation. Welcome Trans-Siberian Orchestras, the Ghosts of Christmas Eve, the best of TSO, 
and more. We got two shows this year, December 23rd at Nationwide Arena. And on the hotline with me right now, TSO guitarist Joel Hoekstra. Hey, Joel, what's up, man? Hey, what's happening? Thanks for taking the time out today. You got it, man. I, let's start with TSO, man. Such a spectacular show, uh, amazing production. Hey, when does like the rehearsals for the band start on a on a tour like this? Well, we prep on our own to a larger song list than you guys actually end up seeing in the show. Um, I'd say, you know, uh, like towards the end of September, mid-September. Gotcha. And then um, by the time we actually get there to rehearse, it's like end of October. And so we usually get like about two and a half weeks of rehearsals. And then we head off and, and, and get it going. What's the time frame on this? Because like when you guys start and when you're when you're actually done. Yeah, touring wise, I mean, so well, like I said, rehearsals. Uh, I think literally October thirty first, and uh, so when I say end of October, I mean it. And then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think first gig is I think November sixteen. I don't have it directly in front of me, but you know, I know uh, the East Band is starting in Green Bay. Um, and so of course, you know, to maximize the amount of shows around the holidays, we have the West band and the East band, you know, we put the show together like as one big unit, um, in rehearsals and make sure that it's sounding consistent and whatnot. And our music directors do a great job of that. And then we, we take it out there because otherwise we'd be, be playing Christmas shows in like August or something for you guys. So nobody <laughs> no, <laughs> would be like, what? What? <laughs> so Anyway, we get a lot, of, you know, a ton of shows in. I don't know how many we're doing this year. It's usually roughly about a hundred something, you know, in like a in a six seven week period. So it's unbelievable. Um, it's you know we'll wrap it up December thirty first, and um, yeah, I mean it's 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 an honor to be a part of it. It's hard work, but total labor of love. You know, I call it the Marines of Rock. You know, when you <laughs> when you go out on the TSO tour, it's like being in boot camp or something, man. It's like. You're doing eight shows a week, and you know you got you know the the meet and greets and whatnot, and and uh, the sound checks, and the, you know doing two shows a day in a different city every day is hard. You know you wake up and you're like, Phew, I'm tired, man. Let's, <laughs> let's go. Let's get after it. And uh, you know that kind of leads into my next question. I mean, TSO concerts. I mean, they're a holiday tradition for for so many people, and the the fans are so passionate. How does it differ, or or does it even as far as the connection with the band and the audience of a TSO concert, like compared to a like a White Snake or a Night Ranger show. I mean, what's the what's the what's it like, man? Because it's it's a whole other animal. It seems like it's different. It's 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 different in a lot of regards. I think you know the fact that over the years we've had the signing line um, and really you connect with a lot of the fan base, or like you meet them. And, um, TSO is, as you know, a little bit more of an all ages scenario. I mean, it's really the, the cliche of there's something in it for everybody is actually holds true. Like you look out and you see families three generations deep and everybody's happy and got a smile on their face and like, you know, having a good time. It doesn't look like the kids are like, can we go? Can we go? I mean, they, you know, the, the, if you haven't seen TSO before, there's so much eye candy. You know, we've got a video wall the width of the arena. You know, we've got pyro blowing up, and we've got a Pink Floyd laser light show happening, and, you know, performers on hydraulic lifts out over the crowd, and it's a visual spectacle. So kids love it. They love looking at it. Um, so anyway, it, it's different in that regard that, you know, you're playing for all ages, 
you have a strong connection with them because it's such a tradition. You see them year after year. Um, we even have some that follow us from city to city. I mean, it's like, you know, oh, we're I like know. the grateful yeah. dead of, yeah. of Christmas. You know, we've got, we got like, you know, the, the TSO heads that follow us around. It's, it's great. I've got Joel Holkster from uh, TSO on the phone with me. Where, where did you grow up, Joel? And, and when, if you did, did you, did you make the pilgrimage to L.A. like so many in the mid to late 80s, like so many of my friends? tried so yeah i mean you'll be happy to know and your listeners will be happy to know i'm a midwestern boy you know i grew up in the the suburbs of chicago i was technically born in iowa city but my parents moved like right away when i was an infant to uh to the suburbs of chicago and and raised there um so i'm a midwestern boy at heart right on i've been in new york now 21 years but you can't take the midwest out of me you know um so yeah i still get that midwestern work ethic that we all have you know and, um, gosh, you know, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's been a, a long path. And then heading to LA, I did GIT when I was 19 years old. So oh, around wow. 19, 1990 or so. And so I, yeah, I went to guitar school there and then I stayed another year in LA working at a studio. So I had like a different path. I didn't really have a band. So it wasn't like, let's take the band out there and try and make it. It was like, I'm going to go to guitar school and see if I can make it as a guitar player. Um, that seemed to be more the path. And then, interestingly enough, like right at that time, because it was that time, it was like, you know, I was all about being a shredder and, uh, you know, trying to play fancy leads and whatnot. And right at that time, like right about when I graduated, it was like Nirvana came out and that just changed everything. So, and a lot of ways, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, it really set me off on this very interesting career of finding different ways to make myself valuable and playing with so many different artists and um, learning all these different styles. And, um, you know, it's uh, it certainly, in the end, made me a much better musician having that era come about. Wow, man. Get us to that point where you, where you get in Night Ranger, because how did, how did that come about? And I mean, being on the, the other end of that, twin guitar sound with with gillis i mean that had to be like a dream come true for a dude who grew up in the 80s yeah man well i love brad you know brad and i had a, had a special connection we still do you know he's still a, a good friend and um a great cat but so the way that came about was um there's this guy jim peterick who founded the band survivor and also the ides of march who lives in the chicago area as well He's written a lot of songs, like he, you know, co-wrote uh, "Heavy Metal" with Sammy Hagar and those thirty-eight special songs, like wow. "Caught Up in You" and "Hold On Loosely." And so Jim would have these shows called World Stage every year, where he'd have his friends come and they'd sing their, come out and sing their two, three hits, and the next person comes out. And so he had a house band, and I was in the house band every year. And so one of the people that was a guest virtually every year was Kelly Kagi, the drummer from Night Ranger, who wrote and sing sister christian and so you know we do the night ranger stuff and do don't tell me you love me and rock in america and all that stuff and so kelly you know we got to know each other seeing each other you know just like once or twice a year for like six seven years and then when there was an availability i kind of got in his face about it and said dude come on give me a shot at this. <laughs> right and, um, and they gave me a shot and, and things worked out well i had a really great seven years with those guys you know terrific experience and um you know, kind of along the way there, added in the, the Broadway show Rock of Ages and, of course, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, which we've been talking about, and then kind of transitioned from Night Ranger to White Snake, and then during that time when David needed some time off working with Cher. And so, you know, I've had a nice, uh, diverse 
career in terms of some of the things I've been able to do that I'm recognized for. Man, oh man, that's that's so cool, Joel. And, and your time in Whitesnake, I mean, more specifically, I just I think this is so cool, man. Writing music with with David Coverdale, I mean, one of the best frontmen and songwriters from that era. Can you give us a little look behind the curtain? I mean, what's what was that like, man? I and you know my 1987 mind, which hasn't really moved on since then. I envision writing with Coverdale like. Lake Tahoe and bottles of wine and beautiful women everywhere. Is that kind of, am I close? Probably not. No. So, well, I mean, you know, David's married. I'm married. Oh, yeah, so, well, like, we're all know, married, take, take, Joel, now. Take, I mean, you, you take the, the women out of the equation. I don't drink, so you take the wine out man. of the equation. But the way it unfolds, like, David's got a band house, right? So right. there's a studio house. And, and so you go stay there, and then um, there's kind of like in the main area in the living room there's a there's like a desk like almost like a pseudo library looking you know like you'd imagine with david all the books behind him and everything and um he likes to write on this what i find to be the 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 most interesting thing that people would not guess is he loves to write on this little nylon string guitar so he comes up with a lot of his ideas noodling on this guitar and uh, you know david plays guitar quite well it's another thing people don't know he's actually quite a, a, a good guitarist and um, so anyway, he'll he'll noodle on the, the guitar and come up with a chorus and write something. And so usually a lot of it gets hashed out there without even being plugged in. There are some little amplifiers there and you can plug in an electric if you want. But a lot of times we just have like, you know, Reb or myself or both of us will sit there with acoustic guitars and David will say, I have this chorus. Where would you go from there? And that's just the way it's. That that's the way it's done, and then once you get something that he likes and he says done, then Reb and I would scurry down to the studio and um, you know get into the room and we would demo it up, and and uh, that's the way the White Snake songs are born. You know, I mean, David still likes to uh, produce a full demo, you know, which is kind of not by nowadays standards that's very old school, right. you know, where like let's record a song in its entirety, and then when it's time to do it for the album, let's do it again. <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it's great, man. David, he's, you know, been incredible to me in in the time that, I, you know, I've been associated with him. And to be honest, I didn't know what to expect coming in because, you know, you, you obviously there was a lot of personnel turnover, especially in the 80s. And, um, you know, I just didn't know what to expect. It was a bit of a leap of faith. But I had to say, like, you know, he's been nothing but good to me since the, the day I met him then. And, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for all of the, the great uh, times he's, he's been able to, to give me in my life, man. I mean, be, he's been taking me around the world. No you know? kidding, Joel. That is, oh, dude. That, now, you are really one of the hardest working uh, men in show business. After TSO, what does 2023 look like for Joel Hoekstra? I mean, solo stuff. I really like the iconic uh, tunes. I mean, would that band get back together? I mean, what's 2023, uh, 2023, excuse me, uh, look like for you, bro? Well, right now I'm in Vegas. I'm doing that show rating the rock ball for a couple weeks. I'm uh, the, the guest here. And once this wraps, I'm actually going to go shoot videos um, for a project that I'm a part of that hasn't officially been announced yet. Um, some rumors out there, but <laughs> gotcha. Okay. All right. Anyway, that's, that'll be announced soon. And then, you know, do TSO. And I think, you know, right now kind of, you know, loosely planning on doing acoustic shows with my friend Brandon earlier in the year, playing with the Rock of Ages band. Um, you know, hopefully we'll have some White Snake happening. Hopefully we'll, cool. get, you know, be able to get Iconic out and do some live shows. 
certainly more recording um, with Iconic. I think that's a done deal that we'll definitely be doing good, that. So good. I think, you know, people can look forward to more Iconic, and there's another project coming from me. I'm wrapping up right now. I'm mixing my next Joel Hoekstra's 13 album, so that's going to be coming out. So, you know, I just kind of keep working and, and just, you know, push as hard as I can, and, and uh, that's the only way I've known to get as far as I've gotten, and I just hope that that approach just continues to work, bro. Yeah. Right, man. Uh, it's so cool, man. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, two shows, Friday, December 23rd at Nationwide Arena. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Uh, Joel Hoekstra, it, it's so cool to talk to you, my man. Hey, and we'll see you on December 23rd, okay? Awesome. Cannot wait. It is definitely one of the highlights of the tour every year. Columbus is electric. We love it. So looking forward to it. So cool to have this guy on the hotline right now. One of the all-time great frontmen, and if you've ever had a chance to talk to him, one of the all-time great personalities in rock. Lead singer from Poison, Brett Michaels. Hey, Brett. How are you doing, my friend? First of all, I want to wish you an early, well, we're in it, an early happy holidays, and thank you for having me on. Awesome stuff. And you got to forgive my voice, Brett. Um, last night, Vets Aid Ohio in Columbus here at Nationwide Arena, Joe Walsh and the James Gang had myself a time, Brett. So <laughs> the reason I'm happy right now, first of all, I'm the son of a veteran, right? Let me just say this. Amen. Uh, and I just, you know, I, we did this big, big holiday special with Tunnel to Towers, the FDNY, myself, barbecuing for all of our veterans, men and women that rock our country. And I just want to tell you, thank you. And I would be disappointed if your voice wasn't blown out. <laughs> I, I, I do it nightly. I get excited. I get on that stage, whether I'm at a concert, because remember, I'm a fan of music. As much as I love playing music, I go to as many concerts as I can get to. And, and I know when my voice is blown out, I've had a good time. Hey, I want to talk. <laughs> I want to talk about your 2022 uh, to say it was eventful would be an understatement. But First, let, let's look ahead to 2023. Your Party Gras solo tour makes a stop in June at Freedom Fest in Mount Gilead. Uh, tickets go on sale this Friday at freedomfestohio.com. But, uh, you know, what can the fans expect at Freedom Fest from Brett Michaels? Let me just say this. Here's what I truly want to say. First of all, what they can expect is nothing but a good time and a good vibe. It is, when I say this, what what I've done, not just for my career, but especially over the last year with coming off the stadium tour, it, it is about a celebration. It's playing good music, having a great time, but it's about the whole lifestyle that day, coming out, the experience you have, and it is going to be a night of nothing but hits. We call it all killer, no filler. We're bringing great friends with me that are part of the party girl tour that we do throughout the entire summer. Uh, and this is one of the best dates on there. One of our select dates. We are really excited about it. And I said this again, I, I want fans to have as great a time as I'm having on that stage. There's an excitement. There's a buzz. We're putting bandanas and beads on people. It's a, <laughs> it's a true kind of party girl, Mardi Gras. Come one, come all. Love it, man. And Brett, the stadium tour, my goodness, the numbers from this past summer, I mean, they're staggering. And that included two huge shows in Ohio, Cleveland and Cincinnati. Uh, from a poison perspective, man, what can you tell us about that experience? 
it was one of the best experiences ever. This is the truth. I, when I, when I got out there, first of all, I'd been waiting two and a half years. We announced that thing in 19. Uh, we're going to go in 20 and then 21. We've been through a couple things since then, right? All of us as a, Amen, as a right? world, right? True that. I was so excited, man. I walked on that stage and I said, I, I'm sorry. I can't stop smiling. I, I was shot like a cannon. I'd come running out of the backstage. <laughs> and I think I got up on that stage every day about uh, about a half hour before we went on. I was listening to Joan Jett. And the minute they said go, I was out there. And Cleveland and Cincinnati, what a freaking party. It was, it was lights out, if you know what I mean. Everyone jumping, singing. And there was like three, maybe four generations of fans out there having a great time. And to share that with Def Leppard and Motley and Joan and Classless Act and, you know, Poison, obviously, CC, Ricky, Bobby, myself. It was a great time. And and Brad, it's it's no secret. I mean, you're one of the hardest working dudes in show business. Now, when you had a summer like last summer, Poison shows, solo gigs, bro, I mean, how do you find balance? How does how does Brett Michaels decompress, uh, in, or do you even find time in a summer like there, that? I gave up two things: balance and sleep in my life. I said <laughs> nuts to this. I'm I'm going unbalanced and sleepless. But I got to tell you, the truth is, you if you were around me in the course of a day, and if people go to the whether you go to the Brett Michaels site, the the Brett Michaels official TikTok, hear me out. You see me, I live in the moment. So what I mean by that is when we were out in the stadium tour, I had my mountain bikes out there. I even brought my personal RV. I'd go camping. Uh, hours before the show sometimes, uh, I'd be out at the lake. I'd be doing stuff. And it helps every day I find a moment to find that true balance. I had my dirt bikes out there. Just really, honest to God, having a, making the most of every moment I'm given. And Brett, time for a, a selfish question. These are my favorite part of any interview, especially when I grew up listening to the artists that I'm interviewing. And that first Poison record, man, look what the cat dragged in. That was a big part of the summer soundtrack for my friends and I, our sophomore year in 86. And I, and I know I'm not alone, Brett. A lot of Gen Xers like myself listening now feel the same way. What was that first year like from, from your vantage point when that record came out? It was amazing. Here, here's a true moment in my life. This is as real as it gets. So we run it down to a radio station in Los Angeles. There was two of them that were playing rock, right? There was KNAC and Pirate and a little bit of KLOS. But we, I'll never forget being in my windowless Chevette. I can't make this up. <laughs> pulled along the road. We did the interview. They were nervous to play it live, so they had run it. We we played the interview, and they were playing it back. And I I sat there on the side of the road thinking of how many days in my small town growing up in Pennsylvania that I loved. And sitting there with my feet in the uh, – you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If anyone's had a sump pump in their basement, <laughs> the amount of water backed up standing with my feet in the, the wet indoor-outdoor carpeting, playing music night and day, and to be able to hear your song first played. And then all of a sudden, you know, we were independently owned, so we put our first record out, and then Talk Dirty to Me hit. And we just, I do this all the time then and now with Poison and myself. I just bet on myself. I said, you know what? If I want other people to believe it, I got to believe it. And that all that years of paying your dues and passion 
it, it just, it was a great moment. And then all of a sudden we're out on the tour we're out there opening for Aerosmith and Whitesnake and Rat, and it was just, it was a great day, and, great and, year. Brett, and the thing is, I, you know, I grew up on the Ohio River in southern Ohio, southeastern Ohio, and for us, and with you guys, it you were Midwestern guys like us. I think, I think that's why we kind of... It was. It added a little extra something that you know maybe we could. You know, I, I, who didn't have friends that wanted to go out to L.A. and and live their dreams and stuff. But it just it meant more because you guys were Midwestern kids like us. And we thank you. And it never left. In other words, I've never. There was no us trying to say we were from here or there. I said, look, I'm from a small town, Midwestern, grew up loving this music, you know, and loving what we're playing. And I said the thing about Poison. Each member of Poison or even my solo band has such different personalities. But when it got on that stage and it worked, you know, it just yeah. exploded. And all of a sudden you have Cat Dragged In, which is different sounding than Talk Dirty Me, which was different sounding than I Won't Forget You. But all of it, lack of a better term, cohesively worked because we believed it, we wrote it, and we loved that we were getting the opportunity to go tour. One more th- quick question here, Brett, and you brought up the song, uh, the title track, uh, Look What the Cat Dragged In. I-, I say this on my show, I say it on my podcast, as far as a live song, that opening song, and we, I talk about it all the time, how important, whether it's the first song on the record, and, and that's not the case with Look What the Cat Dragged In, it was Cry Tough, but the right. live, the live Look What the Cat Dragged In, to open every show with that, I just think it's one of the best intros in rock, man. I just think it's one of the best opening songs. It's it's it fires you up like nothing else, man. I, I love you. First of all, thank you for saying it and noticing it because for me, that's exactly when I come out on Catch You Again, I feel this ooh, bah, bah, like I, I did, <laughs> like I can right. feel it, and I'm like, like I and you look out and the fans are jumping, partying. And I can't thank them enough for the great reviews this summer. Just saying Poison came out and played raw, real live music. They were, I was having the time of my life. Like there was no faking it. There was no going through the motion. I, you know, I'd stay up on that stage five minutes after the last song play, just shaking hands and thanking people and soaking it in. I think I was still, I was still standing up there halfway through Def Leppard set thanking everybody <laughs> it was a and that's what you're going to get honestly on you know on party Grawl when we come to see you at freedom fest i'm bringing out a bunch of friends we're doing all killer no filler just a bunch of hits and we're going to make a great day of it brett michaels party Gras solo tour makes a stop at freedom fest in june in mount gilead tickets go on sale this friday friday morning actually at freedomfestohio.com brett Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. It's always an honor, brother. Thank you, and great hearing your voice. Happy holidays to you and everybody, and tell the fans they are awesome. I can't wait to see you, my friend. Yeah, oh, and then Schwarber hit one almost 500 feet, too. Here we go, kids. Recorded live at the Hawk's Nest on the summit in Pataskala, Ohio. This is Garage Days, underproduced and over the top. I'm your host, Arch Madness. This is a bittersweet episode. You know, I would have never put all those games on the TVs if I knew you guys were just going to sit and watch the games as I'm reading this. It's the flight out of Ohio season 
two episode. Let me start that over. It's the Flight Out of Ohio season two episode. This is Flight Pattern Bob's final show until he gets back from Florida in April. Right, Bob? Yes, April. Let me make sure his mic is where it needs to be. I gave you and Heston way too much juice a couple times ago there. So So last year's send-off for Bob was quite the extravaganza. But really, Bob, with inflation the way it is, this one has been scaled back immensely. And once we're done with the show, you'll truly grasp how immense I'm talking. <laughs> it's, yeah. So we got Cornbread, Heartland, Us, it's the Insulators. This is, this, this is kind of the way it should be, Bob. Last year was fun, and maybe we'll do it again. We'll have a big party when you come back, probably, like we did this season. That's right. How how soon did Cornbread get his name? When Bob got back. Oh, okay. All right, everyone settle down. Um, Are we doing a shot of of, uh, Cornbread's moonshine? Are we doing that, Cornbread? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm working on it. All right. I thought you poured them out before we were... I didn't pour them out before. Mm. It's not like it's cold. Now... You will also now. What exactly is this cornbread? What what is it's the uh, apple Everclear and Honeycrisp apple cider. Okay, I'm in, brother. Thank you, good sir. These are skull shot glasses too, by the way. We're coming out with. It's going to be good. This is going to help the show. They're souvenir glasses. Oh, here we go. Oh my God! Right out of the gate. Here he comes, oh yeah, it's fly pattern bomb. Bob, where's that? Oh my God, it looks like... Boston. It's out of Boston, who are, the Bruins are having their best start since 1922. I just found that out before the show. 174 souls. 174. No hot chicks. There's zero hot chicks. There you go. There's Frank from Schmitz. Oh. So, uh... <laughs> Okay. All right. So, Cornbread, thank you so much for for bringing the moonshine. Bob, 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 have a great winter, brother. Have a great winter, man. Suck, Bob. Dang it, Heartland. Oh, has that got a little... It might have a little bit of peel in it. Yeah, it's a peel, as long as it's not a pube. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's got a piece of the apple. No, it's good. I, I got it. That ta- that's really good. That um, that, that tastes a little stronger than years previous. Than last year's first Yes, batch. okay. Yes. All right. Mm. So here's how we're going to do this. Flight out of Ohio season two. This is where we send Bob off. I think we start with kind of the details. Now, Bob, we're going to do a gimme five that is specifically targeted to you. Okay. I thought that would be, we normally do hard rock stories. We do different things with the gimme five, but this one is going to be just directed towards you. But first things first, give us the deeds. So you're gone until April. What are some of the things you're doing? Because Bob and I went to go see the rival sons. And we'll talk about that here during the gimme five. We went to Cincinnati and you told me, did you guys know Bob's going on a cruise? Him and the wife? Heartland knew. And then uh, cor- Cornbread, you did not know. I did not either. Maybe you told me, Bob, but I drink a lot. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know you drink. Yeah. Okay. There's other things, too. Next Wednesday after you're already in Florida, remember? It took four times for him to get it to figure out it was this one. 
Okay. Now, Bob, all right. You guys are kind of piling on. You're piling on the host here. So, and you're going to Cozumel. This thing is going to Cozumel and all that stuff. I'm going to ignore you guys even were dogging me like that. So, like, it does some cool things. He's going to Cozumel. Do you know that, Heartland? He's going to Cozumel and stuff like that. I didn't know that. So, what else, Bob? What else you got going on? People want to know. They're going to miss you, man. Golfing. Plenty of golfing. Don't break your leg again. No, I try year. not. <laughs> Jeez, Golf cornbread. is a dangerous sport. You got to be careful. How many gangs are you in in Florida? Yeah, how many gangs are you in in Florida? Two. Just two. Just two. That's not bad. Three gangs total. Man, Bob. This is the coolest gang, though. Oh, isn't that? See? See? Show us the love. Um. Okay, well, Bob, we'll... This isn't goodbye yet, okay? But uh, that is a peel, right? That wasn't a puke, right? Okay. Because it tastes really good, and I'd like to do another shot here later, but if you're like, it's one of those deals where you're like, oh, man. You I don't want know it if, now? Uh, no. Okay. No, let's do it post-show. Post but I do want it again, all right? Mm. All right. Oh, also, I want to make sure that I give a shout-out to John Pettibone and the guys from Pettibone, uh, you guys enjoy that CD. He gave us, uh, like he told us he would, those are the first five CDs out of the box. Uh, four. So I'm gonna, I'm giving one to, to Dorsey. But, um, so yeah, we'll jam on that here after the, after the show and stuff. So real excited to hear that. We've heard some of it. He played some samples for us uh, off the air, and it was uh, some badass stuff. So, uh, and more on that as the, uh, as the winter progresses, because I'll, I'll try to get uh, John or the, the guys back out again. All right, so here we go. The Gimme Five. This is the Flight Pattern Bob edition. As we send Bob off to Florida until April, number five, Bob, is your Rival Sons review. Thoughts on the, on the show, brother? Love the show. Great, great uh, venue. Bogarts. Bogarts. That, yeah. was, that was the first time you've been there, Bob, yeah, right? Legendary fun. venue. Yeah. Like the Newport is here. Yeah. Um, but yes. Yeah. Say that has a capacity of fifteen hundred. I don't know. They maybe had eight hundred people there, so it was great viewing any place you were. And uh, the guys sounded great. Don't aren't they the best? Oh uh, yeah. It took took about half a song to get everything right, and then after that, they just took off. You know, and and that, that that Jay is just phenomenal. His voice stayed right? the same from beginning to end. And like we always say on the show, I think him and Ehab are the two best singers in, in rock and roll. There's another plane. But it was just a, it, we're not done talking about this. Here it comes, oh yeah, it's fly pattern bound. Oh my goodness. So this, we have no idea. It is a jet. Okay. Oh man, Bob, you seem kind of nervous even reading that. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like to sit. <laughs> Cornbread, I apologize. We didn't. Uh, should okay. we do another shot? Because I didn't play his theme song. Do you not want to do another one right now, guys? What's that? No, go ahead. Do it. Heartland says, "Let's do it." All right, pour it up. Let's do it so I can play his damn theme song. Bob and I, I was tell. I think we were telling the guys when we were watching Monday Night Football together. You know, you you. You kind of forget, you hate to say this about Scott Holiday, but you know, Jay is just such a special talent and but Scott is in his own way. That was the first thing that hit us. That fuzz tone smacking us in the yeah. chest, Bob, and we looked at each other like, Oh my good. I mean, that was that was the first thing you heard, that was the first thing you Whoa. felt. Right. Did you guys spill the moonshine? Oh. Relax. But 
Yeah. Everyone calm down. You know, he was a show from beginning to end. He is awesome. He just put on the show. And, uh, it's his job, Bob. It, well, it is his job, Heartland, but he's... We're not praising Heartland. <laughs> he did his job today. Oh, there's a party going on like a double barrel down the comrade's house. Okay, what, what was wrong with my shot? Not enough pubes? <laughs> <laughs> not enough pubes. Okay, well, throw another one in there. What do you got? All right, thanks, Heartland. Thank you. Oh, I know. I know you're cornbread. This is probably a bad idea. Doing a second one. I just wanted to play your theme song. Here we go. To Bob. To Bob. To Bob. To Bob. Have fun, Bob. See you in April. Oh, there we go. This is the good one. All right, that's this enough. This came from the double barrel mash. Oh, that's enough. I no more of that. We're at the bottom of the jar, too. Mm. <laughs> Bob, but I, it was it was awesome to go to that show. We had a great time. I want to give uh, Gavin at North High, uh, his staff at Hyde Park, the Hyde Park location. There's also one in Kenwood, um, and that's where that's where Gavin and, and those guys went uh, before. And I've had Gavin on the show here. Uh, he's been here in the garage, but he's got a couple spots there in in Cincinnati, and that's where Bob and I went before we. Is that another plane? Man, they know. They know. They know. Here we come. It's fly pattern bomb. And, and, and Bob, before you tell us where that's from, uh, do get the meatballs at the Hyde Park North High. Okay, go ahead. What do you got for us? It's a private jet. It's a private jet. They're coming out of Naples. 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 There are two hot chicks. How many people are on that plane? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Naples. I know it all. Naples, not to be confused with Nipples, Nipples, the the no-tailed squirrel, who could be making an appearance later. I don't. I can neither confirm nor deny. I can actually confirm. It's actually up to Bob. Bob, that's hold on. Number four. Number four on the Gimme Five. We saw Dude OD. Okay, so my question to you, Bob, on this week's Gimme Five. So they carried this dude out, and this wasn't a pass out. This was, I mean, the fire department was there, and they were revived. I mean, it was, it was, was kind of scary there for a little bit. But I think he came, too, because the guys, uh, the, the paramedics and stuff, came by and were kind of standing behind Bob and I uh, during Feral Roots. They wanted to hear that song. <laughs> So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Bob, have you ever seen anything like that? Have you ever seen an OD before? No, not an OD. But, the, but you missed the part of it. They were bringing him up off the main floor, and they had come up like five steps. Yeah. And they dropped him. Oh. So that, that could have had some. That could have had something to do, because he was completely <laughs> unconscious when he went, okay. But I, from everything I understand, he is he is okay. Yeah. I, well, I mean, like I said, the paramedics came back, and... <laughs> Uh, Cornbread, have you ever seen anybody OD at a show? No. Okay. Heartland, anyone? Just here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have <laughs> <laughs> Edit. <laughs> oh, oh, son of a bitch. I hope that maybe the microphone didn't catch that. <laughs> I need Heartland at about 10% less than... Um, I, 
let me say this. Uh, I uh, I saw, and Dorsey was there, and we've talked about it on this show before, but we were at a Devo show at the State Fair once, and it was about 10 years ago, and it was, I, I mean, foaming at the mouth overdoses. I mean, it was happening left and right. People with their, you know, those red Devo hats on and stuff, and just, it was... Yeah, 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 the flower pots, yeah. It was like nothing I had ever seen. But that was the last one, Bob, until this past Sunday at Bogarts. Number three, and this is going to be tough. So the three big shows that you saw this summer, Bob, he's pissed about this. Wait do you guys hear what I'm going to make him do. Tom Kiefer, Goodbye June, Rival Sons. Rank those, Bob. Oh, my goodness, it's Ross Wagner. QFM 96. Sales manager. Ross, hold on, Ross. You know, wait, I, wait, wait. I know you're doing your show, but uh, and I know it's flight pattern Bob's uh, last uh, show of the year until next year. Wow. But there's a plane. There's a plane going over my house, and I just <laughs> wanted to see if uh, he could jump in and tell me how many souls are on board. Okay. All right. You know, Ross, this would have been really cool two weeks ago when we called you and. And needed you to vote and all that stuff. But I do appreciate you calling the show. We are recording right now. Bob is looking. It's over by the radio station. Yeah. 401 Okay. Shh, shh, shh. No, no, no. Ross, I got to, I got to, now I've got to, now I've got to work tomorrow. And millions of people are listening. What do you got, Flight Pattern? It's a Southwest plane and it's going to Chicago. It's a Southwest plane, Ross, and it's going to Chicago. Okay. It's going to Midway. Okay. 134 souls. A gilf. There's a gilf on that plane, Ross. Uh, and a gilf means what? That is, instead of a mom, that's a grandma. They're still kind of hot, Ross, the older we get. We're more in the gilf range, bro. Yeah, yeah, We're creeping into that gilf, gilf range. You really are. Hey, Ross. Bef- Archie. Yes. Archie. Archie. I'm not a gilfer. <laughs> you aren't. You aren't. Hey, real quick. Real quick. Uh, I've got Heartland and Cornbread here. Uh, they they're they're part of Hootay Nation, like yourself. Any uh, anything you want to say to the guys to kind of talk them off the ledge after that game? No, oh, we suck. Okay, and, Ross. You know, no, 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 no. So it, I was listening to WLW today. That's a great plug. And they, it, and they brought and they brought back. If you guys are, did you guys listen to WLW back in the eighties? Yes, both of them are shaking their heads. Yes. Okay, so they brought all. They brought back. They're bringing back all my Bengals. Okay. The 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 thing they would the the soap opera they would do. All my Bengals. All my Bengals. Do you remember that? Cornbread remembers. Oh yeah. Cornbread remembers. So they're starting to play that again. Okay. Man, so, that was kind of during the lean times, though, Ross, wasn't it? It's still. Archie, we ain't got nothing hard to lean on. <laughs> we are S-O-L. Oh, you were so optimistic over the summer. And I said, you and Cornbread are jinxing it. I said it. You guys are jinxing it. Cornbread got into Facebook jail talking smack to other uh, fans. And then you were talking smack at work, poking everybody in the chest, all the Browns and Steeler fans. You were doing it. Welcome. 
Not, not really. <laughs> I was just having fun because if you remember, okay. for the past until ten games into the season last year, I can't. I didn't talk. Sh- I didn't talk anything about the Bengals. And then all of a sudden, I show up with my jersey, my Joe Burrow shirt. Hey, there's a plane. There's a plane. There's a plane. Hold on. Hold on, Ross. You got to hold on. Here we go. Here we comes. Oh, yeah. It's fly pattern bound. Okay, so let's see, let's see what we got on our plane here, Ross. We're going to beat you. What do you got, fly pattern? It's a black ops plane, yeah, so we have no idea. It's a Cessna citation, but it's unmarked, Ross. There's like Area 51 shit happening out here in Pataskala, bro. Okay, so look, are you guys in the garage? Well, yeah, that's where we record the show, Ross. Okay, so, so do you, can you see the moon and the, I think that's Jupiter or Venus. Okay. Hey, can you left. see it? Look to the left. Cornbread's looking. All right, yeah, they see it. Okay, there's something flying around between the star and the planet. Okay. For the moon. Uranus? <laughs> Heartland says that's Uranus, Ross. Uh, yeah, but can Flight Bob pick up UFOs? Can you no. do UFOs? Okay, he can't. Ross, Hooday, we'll talk at you here later. Thanks for calling the show, Ross. Hey, no, anytime, hey, first time caller, long time listener. <laughs> See you, brother. Oh, Ross Wagner. UFM 96 sales manager. We've got to get him out here. Guys, he's... Oh, we have so much fun. All right, so number three on this week's Give Me Five. You know how much of that I'm going to have to edit? No. I'd say like the first 10 seconds I'll keep and then the last 10 seconds. Maybe some of the flight where you told him there was a gilf. If you don't want to rank them, I understand. Because all these shows were very... these and the, the thing that makes it super difficult... These were like three over the last few years, Bob. These are the these are the bands you've wanted to see, yeah, and you got to exactly. see them all in one summer. And so we're talking Kiefer, Goodbye June, Rival Sons at number three. What do you got? Kiefer. Okay, Tom Kiefer at three. Number two. Oh my God! I, there's aspects of both of them I like. I, I like the hard driving sound of uh, Goodbye June. Yeah. And then I like some of the older stuff. Rival Sons, don't Sons, you? I know so you do. It's it's really hard. Okay. Uh, Both of those shows were, and, and, and Picktown Palooza was amazing. I mean, really, those were your top three shows. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Those are the top three shows I saw all summer. Yeah. I mean, truly. Um, but there was that, that Goodbye June to be in a venue like that, and now those guys are up for a Grammy for that. You know, they played that, almost that entire uh, See Where the Night Goes album. We heard it. Yeah. Um, and then rival, right? That was number that it, you got to hear Jay Buchanan live. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's he's unwavering. unwavering. He's 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 the best man. All right, number two on this week's Give Me Five. Boy, that Ross phone call was that was out of the blue, wasn't? It? Let me just turn my phone off. Yeah, you holler at me for leaving mine on when my mom calls me. Yeah, I'm. Well, you have a ringtone. Of welcome to the jungle what the hell was or that? paradise city. Here, look at mine was docking, right? <laughs> Mine's a little more highbrow. Do you guys, when you power off your phone, do you see where it says slide to power off and then emergency SOS? Do you think anybody does that? Uh, Hits that? You mean accidentally? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Is that something that like? And I'm going to power off right mine, now. Mine's up at the top. Mine's okay. Power off and then it has the emergency and then it has something else. Right. Oh, I, they, hopefully, they give you like a chance. 
when you when you're trying to turn your phone off because there's a lot of times I try to do it at night and I'm just you know shit. Come on, man! I don't need the cops. I just want to. We forgot the other part of shit. Yeah, what's that? Yes. <laughs> favorite moment from season two, Bob. What's your favorite moment? And this is hard. Don't say it. That's what she said. I was waiting for it. Well, I, I, I kind of liked when um, uh, Jackass Genius was here. And yeah. We're talking about Jackass or Genius. Jackass or Genius, that game itself. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And Brad, Brad had Cornbread at Genius, and Dave did his famous mumble Jackass. Over yes, that, yes. That was, that was really good. That was good. I like that. Yeah, that was funny. That was a great game. To have that one be one of the most recent episodes, honestly, that was almost. We should have sent. We should have flown you to Florida after that, Bob. <laughs> Quite honestly, this one's going to fall way short. I don't know. The Ross phone call could really save this episode. <laughs> Trust me, though. I've got a. Uh, I've got a. Uh, I've got a wild card here later, folks. So uh, uh, that was uh, probably. Is that your? Fa- what was your favorite moment, Cornbread? Last week. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. The last the show. Yep. I was on vacation, gang. That's why I took some time off, and I was able to t- tear down my deck with the help of Heartland and Flight Pattern Bob's chainsaws. I also got a new mailbox put in, which I hit the old mailbox about two or three years ago. Stone cold sober, and I hit that mailbox. What's wrong? Cornbread, do you not like the mailbox? You said you got a new mailbox in, and I pointed at Bob. Yeah. Well, I... I, I, dude, I hammered that yeah. thing in. I mean, let's let's be well, honest. You pounded uh, the, the stakes in, man. With a tack hammer? No. With a tack hammer. What the hell kind of operation do you think this is, cornbread? Speaking of cornbread, get ready for this, gang. So number one on this week's Give Me Five, as we send Bob off, should we wrap this show up now or let cornbread interview Nipples, the no-tailed squirrel? What do you think? Because I've got him here. I didn't tell you, Cornbread, but we've asked Nipples, the no-tail squirrel, to join us here in the garage. There he is right now. It's up to you. He's at the front. He's at the front of the door here. At no. the uh, do you, Bob, do we do we close this out with an interview with Nipples? Oh, we got to have the interview. We, we've got oh, to. No doubt. We've got to, dude. Oh, there's a party going on like a double I'm gonna play it twice for you, Cornbread. Oh, there's a party going Heartland, you go back and forth on who has the better theme song. Like, when I hear each one of them, that's how special of an artist Anthony Clay is. Like, I love both of those. I Do you have a favorite? I don't. Okay. <laughs> At all. At all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, so we've got... We've got Nipples. The, just go back a few episodes if you want to know who Nipples is. I think he went to high school with Ross. I think he played football with Ross at Wittenberg back in the late 80s. That's where Ross played football, man. Oh, I should, we should have talked concussion protocol with Ross. That would have been, that would have been great. Okay, I'm sorry. So uh, here's Nipples. Hey, man, thanks for showing up. Did you get it? We'll get him a shot here later. Uh, cornbread, if you would, uh, ask Nipples uh, your fir- his first question there. Oh, how'd you lose your tail? Hmm. Okay, that is a good question. Okay. Okay. 
All right, so evidently, wow. I know, right? You try find squirrel sound effects. What you? <laughs> I, right? Think about that, guys. We. Oh, there's Bob's song again. Here he comes, oh yeah. It's fly pattern bound. Dwayne, think of another question. <laughs> out of Dallas. That is out of Dallas. One eight seven on the souls. Come on. Three hot chicks and a milf. Three hot a chicks milf. and a milf. Oh my goodness! What a what a great way to close out, uh, Dwayne. No, we got to get a couple more questions. We I had him come in all the way from that that tree out front. Okay, how'd you get your nickname Nipples? Oh my goodness! Let's. Uh, that's that's interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Careful. I'll have to edit this one too. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Damn. That squirrel's seen some shit, cornbread. No, kidding. We need a closer. We need a closer. I want to hear that one. We got to let it ride. I think it's at the 12 second mark. So I apologize for the folks listening at home. But uh, we're going to have to wait 12 seconds. Uh, go for it. What do you, what, one last question. These are great questions. By the way, this is almost, this is, um, this is, might be better than uh, Stern and, and Springsteen uh, last week. Sorry, Heartland, he's a Stern guy. <laughs> That's all over my Facebook. Anyway. Uh, why do squirrels bury their nuts before winter? Oh, my goodness. Dude, he's going to just, okay. Yeah. So you yeah. want to get cold. Yeah. Well, how cold? How cold? How? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. I think the joke's over. Although, I think. Are you recording still? Well, yeah. Oh. I haven't done the clothes yet. <laughs> Jesus, I haven't. I got to talk. I got. I have, like, real. I have the dude from Skid Row and Whitesnake on the next two shows. <laughs> Not Ross and some squirrel sound effects. Feel bad. That's the way we're sending Bob off, but I know, right? Oh, he's sending it off with nipples. He's nuts. That's right. All right. Oh, that's a truck. That's a truck. It's a motorcycle. Car. Jesus. We can't even agree on. See, Bob, the gang's going to break up. You'll be back in April, and we're going to be done. Yeah, I'll I'll be texting you while you're in Florida and asking you why you're not up here. Keeping an eye on these two. Because it's going to be 26 degrees and three foot of snow. Okay. But you know what? We put that mailbox high enough, Bob. What's that feature on there? If the snowplow hits it, it just twists out of the way. So, honestly, it's... it's, Did that for his kids. They're about ready to start driving. Exactly. (laughs) This mailbox that we put in... Oh, there's a plane. It pivots. The stake doesn't. The, the main post doesn't. But the stake, Jesus. You gonna? What was it? Are these tomatoes? What do you got? Hold on, Bob. Here it comes, oh yeah. It's fly pattern bound. Well, that's a good way to close it out, Bob. Out of Orlando. It's out of Orlando, Florida. 169. Yeah, 169. yeah. 169. 69. And. Chicks four hot chicks, and they've got Mickey Mouse ears on. Four hot chicks. Can I grab, 
What's that? Would you? No, you can't grab him by the ears, cornbread. Jesus, one more of these, because I think we're about done with. Oh, there's a party going on like a double Great interview skills, by the way, and I don't care what Heartland says. Those were to come off the, the that was off the cuff like that. That was pretty impressive. Bob, safe travels. Thank you. You and Jackie, you guys have have an awesome winter. Thank you. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. No. So, never but we'll, what's that? It never is. It never is, Bob. But you don't worry about us, Bob. You're too concerned about yourself and and your other gangs that you have. You <laughs> tell them about the shows that you saw. Yes, and yes. Bob, have thanks, brother. Thanks for everything you do, and we'll see you in April, my man. Until the next episode, stay frosty. I'll have to check that out.